Welcome to Pretty Funny Business, the playground brand we were forced to create in order to corral our founders' nonsensical ideas and general tomfoolery. From the founders of, but not generally endorsed by, Emmy Collective. From this podcast, you can expect off-the-cuff banter on feminism, funny business, and, well, not-so-funny business. Join us out of curiosity, stay for the hot takes and dad jokes. See you soon. Hello and welcome to Pretty Funny Business, the podcast. I'm Sydney Mulligan. I'm Lauren Aquilino. And today we are very excited to have our very favorite Canadian with us. Mike McFarlane. Mike, so excited that you're here. Uh, Would love for you to just introduce yourself and talk about what you do. What do maybe your favorite part of Canada? My favorite. Oh, (laughs) man, those are a lot of loaded questions to start off. (laughs) um hi everyone my name is mike mcfarlane i'm a canadian born and raised in markham ontario canada uh and i am i don't like saying the word consultant because i feel like that's a dirty word in some way shape or form Um, spicy so tell us more i would say like (laughs) i would say i'm an enabler of oh that seems like a much dirtier word he's a pusher i don't know he's a pusher i like i like working and helping people with martech and uh i've been in the martech space now this is my 17th year that i've wow doing this i started my career at elephant in 2006 as a lonely product specialist which was our support which wasn't really support it was basically consulting over the phone um because we didn't have documentation we didn't have partners we didn't if you wanted to update your salesforce integration with eloqua i had to go talk to a developer that's what it was yeah so you don't like being called a consultant because you are used to doing a job that's consulting without calling it consulting yes yes would you like we call you a product specialist (laughs) i don't know i i just you know what maybe maybe anyway there's something with that. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll dig into it, but just the, the word consultant, I just think has a negative view on it sometimes. I feel like we need to bring in a therapist for this conversation. That's tomorrow morning. To and if there's a negative view, I need to know about it. <laughs> okay. Well, the most important things to know about Mike are that Mike is the host of the Indie Marketers podcast, which is great. Give it a listen. Uh, Mike is also the founder of 3MG, which is his very own consulting company, even though apparently we're not calling it a consulting company. It's we'll his, very his very own, own organization enabler. of products, I'm his enabler product enabler. association, <laughs> <laughs> product enabler association. Uh, Mike is our very best Canadian slash Eloqua friend, two things that we are not Canadian or Eloqua people. So we talked to him about Tim Hortons and what it's like to be owned by Oracle and lots of other things that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, and that's really it. So Mike, um, you just started working with Emmy, which we're super excited about. I think that it is cool that we have more and more people like you who also have their own business going that are working through us as well. Um, why did you decide to join Emmy? We're definitely a hazard, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think 
the biggest reason or two two big reasons one um is capacity and being able to uh work with your team being able to work with my team being able to help each other grow our businesses together i think was really exciting for me and you two just kick ass like i love just i and it's it's so weird to me that like this little friendship kinship whatever you want to call it is only a few months old but i feel like i've known you guys forever and we move fast over here (laughs) and i think the opportunity to work with with you guys and the opportunity uh to to learn from you guys is something that that was really uh that was really meaningful for me and wanting to kind of form this collaboration partnership whatever you want to call it not partnership but work together um yeah, partnership collaboration ship all of it all the fun stuff. all appropriate yeah all appropriate but no, i mean i think same thing for us like there's so much stuff that comes up that you know we're just like not we're not eloquent people and I love having you on board to be able to tap into when we need to. And for sure, uh, you know, I think that we've always, we're kind of, we're deconstructing the super competitive agency to agency relationship. There's just, there's plenty of work for all of us. You know, you have different specialties than we do. Like anything, we can support each other more than we need to fight with each other. No, I 100%. Plus it's much more fun this way. It's so much more fun this way. And I think like, especially doing, like with 3MG right now, it's just myself and my wife. Um, so my wife, Kim, she's got a, a little book. Of hey, Kim, she's awesome. <laughs> I talk to Kim on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> she's got her own book of business that she's running. I've got my own book of business that I'm running, but they're two very different things. Kim does a lot of social, does a lot of web design, does a lot of graphic design. I obviously do This is all more. very good to know, by the way. Yeah. I know. We should have Kim on the podcast. You absolutely should. <laughs> Bye, Mike. <laughs> Bye, Mike. It was Kim fun would... being friends with you, but we like Kim better now. <laughs> Kim would actually love that. Um, but it's I, I think even before Kim's, Kim and I started working together, it's doing this alone is, is kind of lonely in the sense that like you don't have that shoulder to tap on. You don't have those resources that maybe you would typically have at like a company or at another agency where like, you don't have to be the master of everything. You can be the master of none and use people's and get access to people's skill set when you need it. When you're doing this on your own, you have a certain skill set that you're running with, but at the same time, you want to be able to expand on that when your clients needs need that. And I think again, like, I don't look at us as competition. Clearly we're working together, but even if we weren't working together in that capacity, I would still love the opportunity to be able to tap you guys on the shoulder or tap your team on the shoulder and say, Hey, I don't know how to do this. I have an idea, but is there a way that we could work together to solve this issue together? Um, yeah. And it does. And I think too, like a lot of us that have gone either freelance or independent, like, you know, there's, there's a, a crucial moment that pushes you in that direction, obviously. Like we've all had to make that decision. Like either you had the opportunity in front of you or like something wasn't going well, or you just have had the dream to create your own thing. Yeah. And so you do it. And then you kind of have that like, oh crap moment where <laughs> you're like, I I created my own thing. Now what? Yeah. And now I'm alone. Yeah. 
it's... I did it. I'm alone. And then you're like, oh, no. I'm alone. No, I'm alone. You know, I think this is so interesting to me because this has been kind of our vision all along is, you know, make working for yourself not so lonely, uh, like create the support that you have in other types of employment situations. And I feel like this week I have seen it kind of come out in a few different ways. Like I was talking to one of our consultants yesterday who was working on something for a client and ran into something or like something in the product doc was a little confusing and unclear. And I hopped on a call with her and we, I was like, oh no, this is actually how that works. You know, if you need to exclude people from a nurture cast, this is how you do it, whatever. So they still get an email. And she was like, oh, I get it. Like this is, this is why being in the collective is great because normally I would have just had to spend hours figuring this out on my own and hope I got it right. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yep, this is it. And I think there's, still, there's, that's there's amazing, there's amazing communities. Like there's not a charge, you know, to be an Emmy, obviously like we vet the people that, that join, but there's free communities they can go and like pray someone answers your question. But what's kind of nice about like going to someone um, in the collective is that because like we're all interconnected, even with like um, operations and payment that basically like Sydney still got paid to help that other consultant, you know? So like, even if there was something like, oh, I have a question, like by all means, please like charge me for your time. And then like, you are obviously like you're you're running your own business, you're making your own money, you're charging it back to your clients or just like deciding that, you know, that it's worth it. But we had someone else who was like, hey, I have this client. I'm going to lose them if I can't um, come up with the bandwidth for the next three months. I want to keep them. Do you have someone that can like step in? Um, so to create kind of this ecosystem of like not necessarily like using people either. And not that that's what I think that communities are, but people only have so much to give. Like they can't spend 100% of their time. Although, I don't know, maybe maybe Sandy is doing it. I don't know. I know Cindy's <laughs> I think he does it at the expense of sleep. He just, it seems like he doesn't sleep. The expense of sleep, yeah. So he works during the day and at night he answers people's questions for free. Um, but, you, you know, it's basically like a hope and a prayer that you get the problem that you're having answered yeah. in the community. I also find, I mean, I love those communities. I mean, way too many of them, but I also find it a little um, uncomfortable when you're in a client-facing role to be too vulnerable there because Mm. all of your prospects are there too. And I don't want to like fire off a question that sounds kind of dumb and no, like lose my credibility in a pool of prospects. I don't, I, I honestly don't think you would. That's just me. I like, <laughs> like, like I, and I get the idea. I don't know. She's got some pretty dumb questions. <laughs> pretty I, dumb business. <laughs> I, I've, I think one thing I've tried to be with, at least with my book of business, is, is tr- I don't know. If vulnerable is the right word, but like, I, I'm sure, and I'm sure you don't mean it this way either. But like, it's okay to not know everything, and your clients know yeah, that you will totally not true. know everything. Um, I think it's how you navigate that, or how do you navigate those questions that really becomes like, are you going to try to figure this out, or are you just going to ignore it because you don't know it and you just want to sweep it under the rug, pretend that question ever came up? Um, but I guess, I guess you're right. There is a little bit of a fine line between putting yourself out there where your prospects are and them saying, or them seeing like, Hey, this person's asking a question that 
I would. I know the answer to. So or, yeah. why would I pay them to? Well, tell I think me there's a difference too between like your clients who know you, right? right, or someone who's like, "This is all they know about you." Is this one question you just threw down? Well, I also think those communities are getting so big and there's more and more senior people that are joining them that like a pool of marketing ops practitioners, like fine. Like I might ask a question that they know the answer to. They also see me answer questions that they don't know the answer to and like that's all fine. But mm-hmm. if you're like first impression with a VP of marketing ops that happens to be in the Slack group is that they saw you ask a dumb question and then you're on a sales call with them later, they're going to be like, I don't know. Well, this, ain't, this ain't it. Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, that's my own imposter syndrome. Yeah, you I might think that we did need, we needed a therapist on this one. <laughs> I'm going to call Holly. We got to call Marge. Someone's got to get in here. We'll put a pin in that for the next session. But Mike, yes. this is about you. So let's Aww. get back to talking about you. We've talked sure. way too much about ourselves and Emmy. We're super excited about it and super excited to have you part of it. But I want to hear about some more of your experience. 17 years is a long time to be in MOPS. Yeah. It's barely existed 17 years You've seen it all. You you basically created it. So Mm -hmm. great work. Um, Yeah. What in your 17 years was the coolest thing that you ever built or did at work? I, good question. Uh, He was going to tell us about the one time he was, he opened for this band. You like added at work at the end. (laughs) <laughs> no, there was nothing, no, no fun stuff like that. From a professional standpoint, I think the coolest, well, two cool things. Being so early at Eloqua allowed me, especially when I was in marketing ops, to kind of build stuff in Eloqua that would later become productized just based on how we built it. So like- That's really cool. The way you do lead scoring in Eloqua today- is based off of the lead scoring model I built in like 2009 or 2010. So like Look sitting down, like you. like sitting down with our developers and like showing them how I built everything in Program Builder at the time, and then like what are the rule logic, what are the recency and frequency elements that go into everything, and so that's kind of like I don't want to say it's all of it, but it was certainly an influence on that. The other, well, the other really really cool thing. I think was coming up with the contact washing machine. So I don't know if you've ever heard that term float around at all. Um, it was this idea of data normalization and standardization before you had Clearbit, before you had DNB and Zoom Info, like doing all this enrichment data for you. We built rules in Eloqua to standardize and normalize all of our data, which eventually turned into like this thing in the Eloqua community, which eventually turned into an app that you could install uh, in Eloqua to do some of this stuff. So I would say those were a long time ago, (laughs) but yeah, but I mean, it's cool because it's been so long that you can really see the impact that it made long term. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really, it's cool to be able to say like you had influence on something and absolutely. A lot of it was just, I think I was, in the right place at the right time. Like, and I was always interested in tech. I went to school for marketing and to be able to work at a company like Aliqua, where there was just a hundred people at the time to see it go from that to almost a billion dollar sale, like six years later is crazy, wild. crazy. 
I think that's so knew cool you were cool, Eloquent. but I didn't know exactly what kind of celebrity we had in the building. Oh, stop it! Right now. No. Oh, stop! <laughs> You're gonna have to talk it. to Marge about this too. It's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's really cool that Eloqua like took user feedback like that and like worked so closely with their internal team that was actually using the product. I wish other companies did more of that because I think it's a valuable, really it was valuable super, money left on the table. It was, uh, it was again, a completely different time. Like I think when I first started, Eloqua was doing releases every two weeks. Wow. wow. And it would literally wow. be like a client ask for a certain piece of functionality, product management would scope it, it and then it would just go and build it. Now that is good and bad. Good for like certain customers who are asking for things, but bad because it can bloat and complicate things very quickly. So that, that didn't last forever. Obviously I think they're at quarterly release as well. Like a lot of, wah, wah. um, but no, they, there was a lot of really good people at Eloqua at the time that spent a lot of time listening and talking to customers to get them, uh, not only being evangelists for the platform, which like, it's kind of like with Marketo and Marketo nation, same idea, uh, but really listening to them to get their feedback on what do you want to see Eloqua be? Because Eloqua nine was really built by engineers really powerful could do really cool shit but what the fuck's an email brochure what the fuck's a distribution <laughs> had all these like weird terms for things that like clearly marketers weren't coming up with and then eloqua 10 rolled around and i was really fortunate enough to be close with the head designer of eloqua 10 and watching him build it from scratch which was insane um but the feedback that they took and the like they would go on tours and talk to customers about like hey we're thinking about creating a canvas to create your campaigns that's drag and drop. What do you want on it? What do you want to see on it? How do you want to navigate it? Like yeah. it was really cool. Really cool. I love that they just numbered the different versions of Eloqua. Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's a little easier to follow with Marketo. We got a lot of thrilling terms Names? that, yeah, we got, um, Arc. uh, no, well, yeah, those were like the ways that they sell it. No one even knows what that means. Uh, no, what was the thing that, um, Project Orion, that was one. Yep. And then Marketo Sky, Sky mm -hmm. which was exciting and then kind of flopped. And then now we have the Marketo Engaged Unified Experience that is becoming Adobe Marketo Engaged. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Marketo 10, that's all I needed. As you know, I'm working with Yeah, no, it's, they're all, it's funny, like, I especially since I've gone out on my own and even just in roles after Eloqua, obviously getting more exposure to tools like Pardot, like HubSpot, like Marketo and all of that. Um, and I remember being at Eloqua again, back in the day when Marketo was really kind of coming up and nipping at Eloqua's feet. And Marketo at the time was always like, we're the shiny new tool. We have the nice, pretty UI. We have the, like the nice drag and drop way of doing everything. It's 2023 and it doesn't look that much different than it did 10 years ago. <laughs> Even in same with Eloqua. Like, I mean, if it's, if it ain't yeah. broke, don't fix it. But I it's guess. just funny how that changed that, that changes over time. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like 
the MarTech ecosystem has changed so much in that amount of time that it's like the marketing automation platform is no longer the like central system of marketing that it used to be. Now it's yeah. like, what's your CDP? What's your data warehouse? Everything really, we only care about the CRM and what connects to that. So yep. I don't know. It's Very interesting. True. Interesting to see this evolve. Um, okay. Well, my next question I'm very interested to hear your response to because we just went through this with our last guest on the podcast who was also a Marketo person. So we had a lot of shared business travel experiences mm. at Marketo Summit. And, you know, we all, I think we all three had a story about the exact same party that happened at Vegas Summit in 2016 or something. Um, but I had no idea what Eloqua's conferences are like or anything. Probably not that much what? different in all honesty. What is the funniest story you have from any, it doesn't have to be Eloqua conference, but any conference or any work trip even? Uh. I guess it's funny, but it was also really cool. So I think this was 2013, 2014. And uh, we were at the, we were at like the cons, like we had a band, we had a uh, Robin Thicke was performing at, and do it. That was probably his. like a big deal at the time. Yes. No, didn't he get canceled? Aren't we like, we don't like him anymore. Well, I think the whole idea. Well, Emily, that. yeah, Emily Ratatouille like wasn't interested in how she was portrayed after that. I think. Mm. Yeah, it definitely canceled at some point because you never really heard much of <laughs> Um But Robin Thicke, Nepo Baby too, isn't it? Yeah, Alan Thicke. R.I.P. Alan Thicke. Yeah, R.I.P. Anyway, go ahead. Robin yeah, Thicke was performing. So Robin Thicke's performing, and we're like, and where? Are you, what city are you in? Vegas? Is this Vegas? In, uh, San Fran. Okay. Oh, so uh, Moscone? Yeah, SFO. And so Robin Thicke's performing. Everyone's loving it, like having a great time. And I'm just kind of standing at the back watching because we were like, if you worked at uh, at Eloqua, I was working at Eloqua at the time. You want to make sure everyone had like customers had seats and all that sort of stuff and do all that good stuff. So I'm staying at the back and I look over to the right of me and Alan Thicke was there watching his son what? perform that's all he no. did announce it didn't do anything was just there because i guess he was in town and wanted to see his his son perform and so i walked up to him as a humble canadian and said is, alan, is he canadian yes no yeah. yes they are he oh, i didn't know i don't know if robin is but alan 100 is um it was just he's 100% Canadian. If yeah. you hear that, folks, yes, <laughs> verified a 100% uh, Canadian, a purebred Canadian must be verified by another purebred Canadian. <laughs> so, Alan Thick, you have your purebred Canadian badge yes. now. But I went up to him after and was just like, I'm like, sorry, like, I'm not, I'm not here to have a conversation, just like, really big fan. And congratulations. Wait, did you really go up to him? And the first thing you said was sorry, because that's pretty Canadian, probably. <laughs> I don't really, again 10 years ago or so but as a fellow purebred canadian that probably made him feel really comfortable he was it, he like in like people started to get wind that he was there so like a lot of people yeah. went up to him and he totally played it cool just like and That's everyone was so super nice. respectful of the fact that he was literally just there to watch his son which was Aww. really cool so that That's that so was awesome. really cool 
And I feel like it wasn't the same conference. It was another one after, but this time it was in Vegas. And I think it was Oracle. And James Franco was one of the kind of guests oh, or wow. speakers. And that's a big James hit. wasn't there. Isn't he also canceled? I'm sure he is. Yeah, that, or, this is just must be Oracle just knows the right people there. <laughs> They're like, hurry before he gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they have the insider tips about pre-cancellations due to affiliation. <laughs> and then with Oracle the, makes the cancellation happen so that no oh, one else can have what they had. The cloud. <laughs> um, he was there, but he was also not there. In the sense that he was definitely, I'll say, enhanced on something. Mm. And it was really hard to watch. <laughs> really hard to watch. I don't know. He may have been just been tired too, because he was filming somewhere in Atlanta. Came to Vegas, did whatever he potentially did in Vegas. Glad my agent broke me into this stupid marketing <laughs> conference. I'm in the middle of a series. Isn't he like a big method actor too? I think so. So maybe he was going what's method his, acting. What's his Steve? brother's name? Dave Franco. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dave Franco. So Dave Franco, you know, is in my favorite movies. Oh yeah, that's Jump Street. Yeah, I think those, those would definitely be like the two big things that stick up to me. But I mean, like every conference was just full of like chicanery, shenanigans. Oh yeah, especially in Vegas. Oh, yeah, like and when I was consulting with an agency before, like going to like the massive clubs at Caesar's Palace and like getting bottle service in a booth and like like living your life that like, was the nepo baby vc early marketing oh, yeah. times. Yeah. yeah that doesn't happen anymore but no. that was the good old days no no i'm too you know i have been trying to bring it back we could try it's <laughs> me and me bottle service uh i do remember when before i was ever a consultant i had a consultant from marketo proserve and I was going to Summit and I was like, oh, are you going to be there? And he said, no, they won't let me go. Like, I think even being the consultant that got to go to the conference, that's not a thing. Anymore. Interesting. They're like, no, we don't, we don't send the professional, like we send the CSMs and send the AEs. But if you're not there to make an upsell, then we're not paying for you to be there. Mm. You lived in the area. You didn't have to pay his T&E. But nope. Yeah. No, it, it, it's 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 cool that conferences are coming back now i guess especially after the last few years like I yeah think, i don't know when this is going to get released but marketo's is next week or adobe is next week yeah it's adobe. i think th that was the last one i went to in 2019 19 you were there yeah with path factory oh man oh path factory that's right yeah i was there too i was super pregnant my entire lower body was extremely swollen the entire time and let me tell you it's not fun being incredibly pregnant in vegas lauren wasn't there because she had just given birth so 2019 was a great year for us um but yeah i, I was I mean, incredibly going. pregnant in vegas in 2015 or 14 i can't remember when it was before marina though yeah. it's not fun enough we're uh, we're going to Mopsapalooza this year in one of the September. November. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm excited oh, about that. I've got fun. I've got uh collision in Toronto in the summer, which in is like Toronto. a big tech it's a tech conference, yeah. Tech conference. And then I'm going to inbound 
in September. Oh, you're going to Inbound. I Inbound am. was actually the first conference I ever went to. And? It was really fun. It was so fun. Aziz Ansari was a speaker. Um, Malala nice. was a speaker. Also canceled. I got also. These tech companies oh, are yeah. just. I thought you met Malala. Aziz. No. No, Aziz, Aziz Malala. Aziz canceled. Malala's okay. Malala's okay. I think Aziz came back because he wasn't like. He was maybe paused, not like entirely canceled. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he got full canceled. It was like a. I think that was a little trigger happy cancellation. It, it was more ideal. like no one wanted to hear that story, Aziz. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> yes. But you go about your busy day. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, it was. Agreed. It was not not the best use of my time or my brain cells disease. I wish I could go back to a place that I didn't know that story. I hope that you learned from that. But anyway. I wonder who the big star will be at Bob's Palooza or if they're going to pull out. I think it's going to be me, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping Mickey Mouse himself shows. No, you know, yeah, we're gonna be right, right by Disneyland. Yep. Yeah, it's in Anaheim. Yeah, so Lauren's a big Disney adult. I don't know if you know that about her, Mike. But I have heard that. I think on previous podcasts, you guys have mentioned that I've never been to Disney, which you're probably gonna look at me and be like, "Yeah, I knew that was coming." <laughs> I knew that was coming. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> Come to Pops and Palooza with us. We'll go to Disneyland. I know. Listen, great. Disneyland. Disneyland is fun, and I do like it. For its like vintage nostalgia, although I didn't ever want it as a kid, I took my kids about five years ago. But Disney World as an adult is next level because I'm sorry, we I'm sorry we're on Disney now. I'll uh, I will sh- I will stop shortly. But like Epcot around the world, they have food and drinks from every country, including Canada, and like what is there not to Canada like? Doesn't need to go to Canada Epcot. No, but he might need to go to Mexico and Germany and China yeah. and France and Japan and Italy. It's true. It's true. I'm missing some. Mike, um, you have kids, don't anyway, you? Have I have a daughter, yeah. How old is she? She's about to turn 11. Never took go her to, to Disney? Disney? She's no. almost 11? She's the, not interested. No, interested, but she's not kind the of, top priority. No, she's like, she's definitely in a preteen phase right now um uh, and i mean that in the best possible way like she's the best but i think she's kind of past at least some of like the earlier disney stuff that she was really into and it, the pandemic kind of threw a wrench into that time period too like when she uh, yeah and, totally like she would have been like seven eight years old which is like a nice time like you're gonna yeah. remember it and all of that and now she's almost 11 it's i think she would still have fun especially at disney world like with more of the marvel stuff and the star wars yeah. stuff mm-hmm. at universal with like the harry potter stuff but like the disney princess and all of that i think yeah that's, that's kind of past at this point yeah honestly even my seven year old i was over princesses oh, like she, she's not into it yeah sad but my four-year-old she's like give me everything, <laughs> give me everything. Yeah. Yeah. um mike if it helps the first time i went to disney world i was 15 I'm like, no, we're, I'm not a Disney adult. And I think that Disney adults are odd, but Weird. it was still fun at 15. It's still fun. Yeah. I, I could, yeah. I could enjoy it. I think I just, it's also my, like so much money to spend if your kid is not like 100% into it. What, 
we've done like we've done trips to like Mexico and Dominican Republic and it's like going like the yeah, all that's thing. more fun at that and age. like my daughter yeah. loves that like she just loves to swim she loves uh that she get fancy drinks at the bar like all that stuff like that's <laughs> definitely love to get a virgin so. strawberry daiquiri as an yeah. 11 year old and feel so sophisticated it's yeah. like can i have a shirley temple never, with never two cherries she's very much her mother's daughter when it comes to that kim is very much a fan of going down south i love kim. that well and you have to you know what i mean like you gotta escape those canadian winters to. Ah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Gnarly. Okay. Well, um, last thing that we want to discuss before we move on to some of our rapid fire mm. is of all the people you've worked with in the last 17 years, who are like two or three people that you would love to work with again? It can be former colleagues, former clients, former consultants that you had. Yep. Anything. Yeah. So number one on my list is a gentleman by the name of Chris Petko. Um, Chris hired me at Eloqua as a product specialist, hired me into marketing operations. He moved into the director of marketing ops and brought me up with him because he was running the support team at the time as well. And then brought me along when he started Eloqua Expert Services, which was like the introduction to like subscription model ProServe. Um, and I worked with him there as well. He without going like super deep and everything is like probably from my career, probably the most important person I've ever worked with because he's always given me, or he's always seen in me something. And I don't know if that's egotistical to say, but he's, and he's, but he's always yeah. like every step. Only if you're Canadian. Only if you're Canadian. Every, every right. career. Sorry. In, he's wanted me to come along with him. And give me that next opportunity there as well. So like, I don't do this without getting hired at Eloqua. I don't know marketing ops and all of that without him hiring me as a marketing ops manager at Eloqua. Um, running a professional services organization and managing a team. He, he was the first person to give me management experience as well. Um, not give me, earn it, but just afford the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And he's just... He's uh, he's literally been along for the whole 17 years of my career. We still talk like every few months now, like we'll just randomly text each other okay. and all that. And he's just, I love him to death. He's awesome. One of the smartest people I know too. So Chris Petko for sure. Um, another person who I would love an opportunity to work with again is Alex Schutman. So Alex Schutman was the VP of sales at Eloqua when I was there, but then also became the CEO of Workfront um, after the Oracle acquisition. And he's now the CEO. Oh, I can't remember where he is now. He's like prolific from like just getting people to do their best. He knows how to get the best out of people. Like he always, like when I left Eloqua, he spent two hours with me, like wanting to understand why I was leaving and not trying to stop me, but just wanted to know how he could like, how can we do better? Like it was just, he's an awesome man. So awesome. Um, I haven't talked to him in years. He probably doesn't even, he may not even remember me, but the impact that he had on my career in a very short period of time was definitely there. Um, 
So that's two eloquent people. I, I need a non-eloquent person next or a non-eloquent. I feel like all your stories have been so wholesome. Is this just what it's like in Canada? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That's so nice. Um, you know, it's like very sweet Alan Thick story. These two like meaningful connections in your early career that just yeah. are looking out for you. Want the best for you. <laughs> want to do right by their companies. It's just, I love this. Maybe I should move to Canada. Canada's fun. You guys should do a Canadian road trip cold. to the we should do it. to the north we and should. explore we Toronto should. or any of that. Yeah, we we're, we're very welcoming people. Very welcoming. The last person I would say, and I'm actually have an opportunity. And I'm working with her right now, is Elle Wolf. And again, I've worked with her at Eloqua. She was in demand gen when I was in marketing ops. Um, but I worked with her at Path Factory. She was the VP of marketing at Path Factory. I was running our solutions team, but just very, so very different teams. Um, and she's been a client of mine now twice uh, since I started I 3MG that. as well. And she's one of the smartest marketers I've ever met. Um, and just really down to earth and easy to talk to and gets gets the nerdy stuff that we talk about and knows how to process it in her head. So it's like, I don't need to know all that nerdy shit, but I know what you're saying makes sense because like the way that you explained it, I understand the output that's going to come from it. So like her and I have always been able to kind of talk nerd to each other in a way that we both understand. Talk nerdy to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I could not. She, Pretty funny business sticker near you. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, She's been amazing. She was amazing to work with directly, and she's been amazing to work with as as a customer, client, whatever you want to call. But it, like, I just, I, I'm really fortunate, even just with all of the clients that I work with right now, that A, they took a chance on me when I started this thing, and they've stuck around. Uh, like a lot of my clients have been around since I started, which is crazy to think about. Awesome. Um, and just being able to build relationships and friendships with my clients in a way that it doesn't feel like work and you want to do good. You want to do your best. Um, yeah. So those are the four, my current crop of customers, collaborators, and then L, Chris and Alex. I love it. I love it. That was great. I want to work with those people now too. And I don't know that. <laughs> My list of people will be like, I'm going to list this person because they're fun. And this person because they were fun. And <laughs> they were fun. like at the end of the day, I've like, and I'm sure it's the same with, with both of you as well. Like there's been so many people that I've had the opportunity of being able to work with, like really fortunate to work with a lot of people that are, pretty well known now in terms of just kind of what they do um and it, it's what keeps me motivated to want to keep doing this and want me to keep learning too like even doing this for 17 years i don't know everything there's so much i don't know about like even just mops like modern mops like a lot of what i know is based off of what i started teaching myself 10 years ago when there wasn't communities there right. wasn't like a real philosophy around marketing operations. So 
trying to marry that the with plane like, as they fly it yeah well it's it's like modern mops with all the apps integrations and different ways of looking mm -hmm. at your data and again i don't pretend to know everything but i think i have been really fortunate to work with a lot of cool clients that are teaching me a lot of this stuff too so it's been really rewarding awesome that's great all right next segment we get to know mike a little bit more mm. we're gonna use the Christmas slash holiday present philosophy that all the parents out there have definitely been inundated with on Instagram slash Pinterest. I know I have. Uh, something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. So, Mike. Yes. What is something you want right now? It could be anything. Physical, not physical, anything. Something I want right now. Time. <laughs> that sounds really weird. But like, you, bro. <laughs> I wish I had more time, um, like more time to do. To do what? I was going to say. Because we need to make sure this is a I want and not an I need. Ooh. Good point, good point, good point, good point, good point, good point. So if it's more time to like do something fun, that's fine. Yeah, like I definitely, I want more time. I would love more time away from my computer. I guess, mm -hmm. and more time with family, more time with friends, more time, especially now with the pandemic kind of, I don't want to say it's over. Like we all kind of treat it like it's over, but it's still kind of lingering or what effects are there. But like just getting back to the routines that we used to have maybe two or three years ago. Um, yeah. Being out in the world, seeing people. Doing yeah. Stuff, travel again, getting, yeah, yeah. Seeing people again, just being able to experience stuff again yeah would be really fun yeah i feel you okay well time to do fun things yes that can be a want something you need something i need oh boy you know, it's hard I as a comedian so explicitly express i need a break need. like i'm break. I, like i I think one of the hardest things when you work for yourself is taking breaks and knowing that it, and, and not even taking the break, but just allowing yourself to take that break and not feeling guilty about it. And mm -hmm. one of the things I really struggle with is like, I don't like to say no, which is hard sometimes. Cause like it puts you, you and Cindy have that in common. I, I can say no, That's I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I would appreciate you, that. I would as your therapist. <laughs> We're gonna find some time for you. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, like it's I I I need to I need it to be okay. I need to tell myself it's okay to take time away. Like even not just a day, like take two or three days off and like don't worry about work and like unplug as best I can. I would say that's really what I need right now because the last thing I want to happen is you will you know, like burn out or anything like that. Because if I burn out, what happens? There's only me. Yeah. So. There's no, well, there's Kim also. Not to be a downer with that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Something to wear. Something to wear. Well, um, I just got my new wedding ring that. Oh. I'll show. Can you stop Maybe? being wholesome for one <laughs> second? How long have you and Kim been married? Uh, we've been married 
for oh shit uh him 15 years married for 15 together for almost 20 wow Uh, okay so is that a 15 year wedding ring or is that like i lost my wedding ring and so i had to get a new one no so i i was significantly smaller when i got married (laughs) um as a young wedding ring for this phase of your life well yes and like we got married when we were 25 26 and so we were fellow young wed yeah lauren how old were you when you got married 22 oh wow sydney was almost 23 wow young weds i love it i love it um so over the years, the ring would get tighter and tighter and tighter on the finger to a point where I couldn't get it off. And the problem with that was that it was a tungsten ring, not a gold ring. So yeah, you can't just, cut those, right? Like, no, well, I, it's on you now. Well, so I made the mistake of going on YouTube and trying to figure out how to remove a tungsten ring without like going to a hospital and having like that your skin had grown around no 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 it hadn't done that but it was definitely i mean what is the answer other than crisco so what well i tried soap i tried putting like the dental floss around your finger tried to like get the finger as tight as possible so you could get it off couldn't so i found on youtube a person (laughs) who took a set of pliers and you could squeeze it enough that you would make a break point. Didn't break. And then it broke? No. But, oh, Siri heard something there. Um, but what it did was started to bend everywhere. So it was like, 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 like a square. Squishing my finger now, like legit yeah. squishing no. it. And I'm thinking, like, I have to go to the hospital. You're going to lose your finger. I'm going to lose my finger. Yeah. So I'm like, panic mode is set in. And I'm sitting there squeezing and squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. And then I finally broke it. And I was able to break it off. And I remember just, I was sitting on my couch in my office here doing it. I remember just like looking around being like, how did, how did that actually, that shouldn't have broke. I should be like running to the hospital right now. So anyway, I broke it off. Stupidest thing I've ever Interesting done. Interesting that even in a country with universal healthcare, going to the hospital is not your first choice. <laughs> no, no. Well, because like, because like, like now you're that story of like the dumb person, not or not dumb person, but just that person going to the hospital because you did something stupid. And I've like I haven't like like a purposeful duplicate. Yeah, like, like a purposeful. Like I accidentally shoved something up my nose. I accidentally got something stuck in my ear. Like. Those sorts of like things that like you don't want to go to hospital for. I didn't want to go in and say like I watched a YouTube video on how to break a ring and it didn't break and now I'm afraid my finger's gonna fall off. Anyway, broke yeah. the ring. Right. Well, had to let it heal. Glad to have a new ring. Yes, and got the ring last week. So is it tungsten? No, it's gold. My wife would not- <laughs> is it rubber? Smart. No, Kim would not Smart. let it be uh, anything but gold and Kate need yeah. to cut it off again. So smart that was wise way to go kim i like her already (laughs) um i i had to take my wedding rings off for both of my pregnancies and i did have a lady on the bus one time that stopped me and was like 
I was with both of my kids and she was like, where are you married? And I said, yes. And she was like, where are your rings? And I was like, I'm nine months pregnant and they don't fit. And she was like, well, you got to put those on or people are going to think you're an unwed mother. It's like, worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. Stop talking to me. Please stop talking to me. I think. This is part of me not knowing how to say no. I like in I have some sort of aura that invites people to comment on my life unprompted. I don't know. I don't know. Up. But this ha- this happens to me all the time. In all of okay. New York City, she thought this was shocking. Also, right, right. That's fun. I don't. I don't know. It's messed up. It's super messed up. Uh, okay, something to read. What do you? What are you reading? What would you like to read? I, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't Mike's do a not lot. a reader. I'm not a reader. Sydney's I'm not a, a reader too either. No. I'm a reader when it comes to like online content. Like I do a lot of Reddit. Oh, same. Like mm. a lot of Reddit. So this, and I'm more of a favorite worker. subreddit. Ooh, R squared circle, which is wrestling. Um, oh no! Wait, like what kind of wrestling? Like WWE wrestling? Yeah, like fake kind. Yeah, and in, it. more not, well, WWE is like at the bottom of my list. Like more like. Like Japanese wrestling, independent wrestling, that sort of stuff. Independent really wrestling. Into. Um, the indie wrestlers. This is, this isn't, yeah, this is a we're not familiar not. with. <laughs> uh, I go okay, on the Toronto Maple Leafs subreddit quite often. They're the, the local hockey team here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, hockey. Hockey. Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs. And then our Ontario, which is our provincial subreddit. So like your like for like your states, we have provinces. Like yeah. Um so just I know that from the forms. It's state slash province. Yeah. <laughs> Conditional logic. <laughs> are we just playing states or are we bottom. just playing province? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh so yeah, with a lot of a lot of lurking and just reading articles there and reading comments and shit like that. But I don't read a lot of books at all. You know what? I don't either, Mike. And my reading is even more embarrassing because I mostly read Facebook groups. I don't even use Reddit. I feel like admitting yeah, that like you're Mike's on Facebook is not that in 2023 is like not good. Mike wants to read like about his local sports and like his local yeah, news. Yeah, very sweet. Yeah, no, I'm in like shit posting Facebook groups, like seeing people post memes about why modern farmhouse decor is ugly and uh, why capitalism is crumbling all around us. Uh, you know, light, lighthearted. I love good shit posting. Like, I love good shit posting. I love and good shit posting. I, I really want to get proficient with shit posting on LinkedIn because LinkedIn can be. Oh like, yeah. Uh, and I do a lot of reading on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is such you know. a hellscape. You, it needs some shit posting to even things out. Fuck. Oh, like, there's a lot of times totally where I end up deleting what I want to write just because I need to just get it out. But, like, there's just so yeah. much, so much, like, just random bullshit garbage. on LinkedIn now. It's garbage. I agree. You know, I've, I'm always like, I should post more on LinkedIn, you know, for like business. But I'm like, I don't, they're, I, there's nothing for me to say here. This is not. I'm glad I'm not, not my arena that way. Like it's just I I I, I like. There are like I, there's a lot of people that are trying to be very helpful with like how to do stuff. Yeah, but all that, but like That's so nice. much of it is like takes a lot of time. Yeah, I don't know where. Oh, you're where, gonna try, where, like, like truly helpful content. Like takes a lot of time. 
So don't people pay me to create this kind of truly helpful content for them? I don't want to do we it for say, free. That's true, City. That's true. We pay for it. I also say, like, you don't want me to do this. That's why we, like, carry, we've talked about before, like, Carrie Picklesheimer is really good at content and the CS2 folks are really, yeah. you know what? Go, go, go look at their stuff. Yeah. There's some good content. Right? Yeah. Agree. You to rewrite this? I don't want to rewrite this. Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. Well, we are almost out of time. So we are going to end with PFB on the streets. Woo woo. I'm going to give you some prompts and you are just going to let it fly. First thing that comes to mind. Right. Ready? Yep. For a dollar. Chat GPT. Ooh. Uh, the next Google. Ooh. I'm already using it to help me solve Salesforce stuff. It's so helpful. So helpful. I had it make me a um a packing list for my trip to Israel. That's nice. <laughs> I yeah. had it. Someone so I don't have access to Chat GPT because I was too late of an adopter there and I'm not gonna pay for it. Uh someone asked Chat GPT to write some code that I needed to like display different favicon on the website for pretty funny business from Amy Collective and posted it in Boss Bros and Sandy appeared and was like, this is the worst code I've ever seen in my life and then rewrote it. And it really reminded me of something that I do with Lauren, which is sometimes she has like a much better eye for design than I do. It's just like not, just not here. I can't, I don't, that's why I went into marketing ops and not regular marketing, you know, yep. like I just can't, the visual is just not there for me. Yep. So sometimes when I really need something created, I will just make it. I'll absolutely put my all into it, but I know she's going to hate it. But if she sees the bad thing that I made, she will go fix it. Yep. But if I ask her to make it, it will take a long time. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. But yeah, chat. It's true. Because I'm like, this thing cannot see the light of day. This cannot see the light of day. I have to nip this in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it poorly on purpose. I'm just, this is not something I'm good at. <laughs> it's okay. You're good at so many other things. Yeah. You know, we don't all have to be good at everything. Okay. Uh, $4. Remote work. Ooh. I uh, love it. That's the first thing. Like, I can't imagine not doing it now. Uh, I. When was the last time you had to go into an office every day? Every day? 2019. Because I had a... Okay, so so I, when I left Power Factory, I worked for two different companies. One of them was based in Calgary. And my whole team was based in Calgary. And I was in Toronto. Uh, and we had a shared workspace, but I didn't have to go to it every, every day. And then I worked at another company right after that, uh, which I, I started the first day of the lockdown up in Ontario from the pandemic. So that was completely just remote wow. the whole time. So yeah. March 15th start date. Oh, wow. Well, um, today yeah, is right March 15th. That. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's it's pandiversary. <laughs> was it March fifteenth? I think it was, it was March fifteenth. I feel like it was like the. Oh my gosh, I think it was. But you guys were locked down for so much longer than we were, like so yeah. much longer. It was the twentieth, because we had Yikes. we had just moved to our new house before the lockdown on a Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday on the Monday, everything officially was locked down, and that's when I started my new job which wow. was interesting. Yeah, March 15th was the first day that um, all schools and daycares were closed in New York City. Crazy. Dark. Okay, moving on. 
business travel? Uh, uh it's <laughs> sounded like your peacock noise, Sydney. <laughs> I would say <laughs> important, but not as fun as it used to be. Ooh. I think it's important, I like for... no more bottle service at Caesar's Palace. No, well, no, like. Not when you're paying your own way. That's Not when you're paying for it. Now it's certainly a lot different. Like I've done a couple of business trips since I started 3MG, um, down to Boston and down to Atlanta, and it's different when it's yours. Like when it's your, like your, like yeah. when it's your thing that you're going. Like I feel like a lot better about that. But if I think like the old days of consulting, or even just when I worked at different companies and like going to Vegas every year for conferences, going to San Francisco every three months to see clients. Like it gets not tiring, but it's just not as exciting as it used to be. Cause it just becomes more familiar. Yeah. I guess. How many times can you really go to Vegas and have a good time? Well, a lot, but the limit does not exist. <laughs> we just, we have such different tastes and fun. It's amazing that we have a good time when we like you want together. in Vegas. It's all I hate there. Las Vegas. I hate it so much. I, you, like, I can like almost get there on Disney World, but Las Vegas. No. Vegas is even better. There's. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for whoever has done this to you, Sydney. We will rectify the situation. <laughs> no. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> instance migrations. His eyes got very big. This is not a video podcast, Mike. Okay. Uh, <laughs> instance. Just say no. No, I, I've said yes quite a few times in the last. Do you really years. have to do? It's. You think you know everything going into it from the last time you did it? It's never the same. It's never as easy as it's you. It's like think having it your second kid. You know, you think you're going to be great at it because you've done it once before, but. That's actually the worst part is this time you think you know what you're doing and it is its own unique special nightmare. And it's different doing it like I've done it when I was on the agency side and you had a team of people to help port everything. Like if you needed to recreate stuff and upload stuff and all that, you had a team that could, like you had multiple people. Now when you do it on your own, um, you have to wear multiple hats. Now right? you have the team of Emmy. Now you can offload of all of the migration <laughs> PP work to you. Touche. We're here Touché. for you, Mike. Uh, so I'll say fun with a question mark? Mm, I think that's appropriate. Mm. Okay, we already talked about this one a little bit, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. LinkedIn. Oh, boy, LinkedIn. Um, I can't quit you. Oh. <laughs> I can't quit you. <laughs> I, I just... I think that we, I think that's perfect. I think we got to leave it at that. Yeah, I'll just say I can't quit you. <laughs> okay. Um, Instagram. Uh, I'm under, uh, helpful. I'm under, like, I, I was not on Instagram until Kim started our 3MG account. And she does a lot of the, the social hey, thing <laughs> on that. Uh, but I've got to play around with it too. And it's a lot different than when I used to have it like on the personal side. Then I just got really tired of seeing, uh, this is going to sound really bad too. I got really tired of seeing the, like the best of people 
and not Ooh, seeing yeah. the reality mm-hmm. of a situation. So you only ever see the best. Like it's like it's like the it's a minor flex type thing, I guess. Uh, you know, Instagram was really the best in like 2012 when no one gave a shit about it, and it was just you were uploading like a blurry, shitty picture from your iPhone of your dinner and putting the Valencia filter on it, and it got one like, and you just didn't care. It was awesome. Yeah. Now. There's a lot of work that goes into it's, it. It's like, I, I certainly appreciate the amount of work more than ever after watching Kim manage it for us. And she does a good job. She does a great job. Your graphics are always on point. She's, well, she's a graphic designer by trade too. So, oh, very maybe any hot tips Kim for my friend help. Sydney? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm beyond help. This is just something I have to outsource. I you think know, your time like is just better hair. spent elsewhere. <laughs> it's yeah. better spent yes. elsewhere. I, you know, I don't like washing my own hair. I'm not very good at styling it. So I just outsource that task. It's just one. That's something I believe in. Um, okay. Last but not least, a special edition for our Canadian friend, Tim Hortons. Overrated. Mm, I've never been to Tim Hortons and I feel like I maybe missed the wave. Now it's not going to be good. Yeah, it was. It's it like back in the day, like when it was like a true donut shop, it felt very uniquely Canadian. And I know they still try to like pair the idea Capitalize of Canadianity with Tim Hortons. And I get that. It's fine. Canadianity. Um, but like. If I had another daughter, I would name her Canadianity, I think. <laughs> I was just thinking like that the next time we do PFB on the streets with whoever it is, I'm going to put Canadianity on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, overrated. I'll just leave it there. It's not as good as it used to be. They're trying. like They're just trying to be too much now. Yeah. They're trying to make money, aren't we all? Yeah. Well, they, got, we they got bought by the company that owns Wendy's. Oh, oh really? They're not actually no, well, like, it's an ohio company not, it's american it's not even canadian anymore any, oh, anytime damn. you see a wendy's there's always a tim hortons like either connected to it or right beside it like kfc taco bell yeah exactly exactly that's no, sad yep hmm. frosty and a donut though that sounds good yes i would agree hmm. all right well We've taken too much of your time already, Mike. We just, we have this problem. It's not really a problem, but anytime the three of us sit down together, we just go way over. We have too much to talk about. It's too fun. We're having too much fun. Too so much fun. I will cut us off here, but thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Pretty Funny Business. We will certainly have to do a sequel at some point in the future and hopefully invite one or more qualified mental health professionals to help us unpack some of the things that we discussed. I'll ask here. my therapist tomorrow. This is not a bad idea. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Good luck out there, little podcast. Like and subscribe. Share. Tell everyone.